The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, and welcome back to our All 32 series, the series where we catch you up with insiders from every NFL team to get you the information that you need to know leading up to the season. Today, we're covering Baltimore Ravens with NFL insider and betting analyst with Sportsline, as well as radio host with 105.7 The Fan, giving inside access to all Baltimore sports. It's our guy, JLC, Jason LaConfora. Uh, we lost Will, but what's up, JLC? <laughs> I'm good. I hope I didn't scare Will off. It's been a minute. But no, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's fun times here in Baltimore. Um, high expectations for the Ravens, and everybody's got uh, Orioles magic fever right now. Yes, I know. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get into it, but you were telling me that uh, Baltimore is a, is a front runner, so you hope to get Otani, which would be absolutely crazy. Uh, looking at the Ravens this year at yeah. uh, JLC, they're in a much better position health-wise heading into training camp than they were last season, so that's great. Lamar Jackson got paid. He's got a deeper group of receivers. Yep. How well do you think this offense can run in a Todd Munkin system? you got to think there's more big plays happening than they'd had with Greg Roman. Yeah, I, I absolutely think there's a world of opportunities available to them now that just never were under Greg Roman. How quickly they get there, I think, really is the key question. Um, a lot of new pieces. Um, in general, they're healthier than last year, yes, but there's still a lot of question marks. I know Beckham hasn't played a lot of football, consistent football in a long time. You know, Rashad Bateman has not shown an ability to stay on the football field. Um, he's had issues in season and off season from a health standpoint. Um, really since early into his tenure with the team. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see about a Ronnie Stanley, who his career looked in jeopardy. He comes back last year, maybe behind schedule, but quickly back to being Ronnie Stanley, but on his ankle a couple of times. You know, what does that look like? So, yes, I think they'll get there, but I think there'll be a learning curve. 
Uh, and they've got to go on the road and face all three division opponents very early in the year. So that's going to be an interesting test um, for all these new pieces on offense. Yeah, the the thing about Baltimore is like you're, there's a whole lot to believe in. And I, I, I mean, like I want to believe in the Ravens. I was all over the Ravens last year. And then you start to kind of poke around the depth yeah. chart. And it's pretty easy to have like questions about, about or like, like for instance, the running back room, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and they got two, you know, like basically free agent rookies. I mean, that's great if everybody's completely healthy, yeah. but running backs don't tend to stay healthy in the NFL. Are you surprised they didn't add a sure. running back this offseason? Um, not really. Uh, I, I think, look, does J.K. Dobbins have a long-term future here? Maybe not. I mean, he's been unhappy about his usage. He's been unhappy about his touches. He's been unhappy about them playing in a meaningless preseason game and having him lose the season of his career because of it because he got hurt in a game against Washington a couple of years ago. Um, but he's as motivated as ever to try to get paid, whether it's here or somewhere else. And I think in Todd Monken's offense, like he's a guy I would be buying low on right now um, in terms of fantasy or maybe even in terms of the gambling markets. Like Greg Roman had no screen game. I mean, J.K. Dobbins had – Two red zone targets last year, and that was it for the entire running back core. Uh, you're going to see that change. Um, you can see it just being out there during OTAs. Um, they're going to be a much better football team passing horizontally. Um, so I'm not too worried. I mean, yes, but he's coming off. You know, he had to have another cleanup procedure in season, which isn't ideal. And then, yeah, you know, Gus Edwards has been dealing with injury situations as well, and. Gus is behind J.K. right now, uh, and we'll have to see what it looks like in the in the preseason. And their fullback, Pat Ricard, is going to start the year on pop. Um, and I don't think he's going to be used as much as he used to be, but he's still a very useful element in their entire offense. So there's certainly questions. Um, the macro-level stuff that was hanging over them a year ago, though, like yeah. that's been rectified. They got it done with Lamar, and they, they're paying wide receivers. Now. Like they're, 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 they have a legitimate on paper wide receiver room, which they haven't had around here in a long time. Now, whether they all hold up remains to be seen, but at least they actually tried this time. Yeah, JLC, you talk about how they, you know, they're paying wide receivers now. OBJ, uh, you know, many people thought going into this year that he's probably under the most pressure with that one-year $15 million guaranteed contract. Now with D-Hop signing a two-year deal, $26 million, with Tennessee, I've been reading that people are saying that OBJ is even under more pressure than he was previously. What do you make of that? What is the ceiling for OBJ this year? Well, look, I think OBJ did, did a hell of a, a job um, in getting the contract he did. I mean, the reality is it's a $15 million deal. And if he's healthy at all, the incentives are reachable. So even if he's just the 2019 version of OBJ that you see there um, in the Browns uniform when he went a little over 1,000 yards, et cetera, he's going to make $18 million. You know, the D-Hop deal, I haven't really sussed it out in full yet. I'd like to see the fine print. Is it really a two-year deal? Is it really a one-year $15 million deal? The 12 he's going to get mm -hmm. plus incentives. You know, are there outs for the team? Are there outs for him? We'll find out. But, yeah, Odell Beckham made a lot of money. Um, I guess there's a lot of pressure on him. Not nearly as much as Lamar Jackson, you know, certainly in, in, yeah. here in this market. It, it's all – the offense doesn't work if Odell gets hurt. It's all going to fall on Lamar Jackson and Eric DaCosta, the GM, who frankly got Lamar signed about two years later than he should have, which obviously cost you more money and cost you more against the, the cap. <coughs> Excuse me, et cetera. But – if Odell's healthy, 
with all these pieces, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, they don't need him to be generational. They don't need him to get 180 targets or anything like that. They have Mark Andrews. They're still going to run the ball. Um, they have some other young wide receivers they like. They've got some interesting other tight ends. Um, he just he has to be a, a nice starting wide receiver, a complimentary piece. He doesn't have to be a true number one, I don't think, for them. Um, and health, obviously. We, we don't know yeah. how that's going to play out. But uh, I think he can be 2019 Odell Beckham. Yeah. I, I do. 20, you know, 2017, nah, I think those days are over. Well, Zay Flowers, first-round pick for the uh... – you know, the rookie out of BC, love his game. Thought he was wide receiver one in this class. Um, what do you expect him to? How do you expect him to utilize him in terms of not just vertically but also horizontally? And and like, is that going to be a key component here of what we what we expect to see from Todd Munkin? Is really you know trying to trying to stretch the field both directions in order to open up things for Lamar? Yeah, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see how this all sorts itself out in the slot and how often he's in the slot, how often he's outside. Um, I look, I do think there's going to be a learning curve for him. I mean, it's a jump from BC to here. Um, and and actually, I think Devin Duvernay early in the season could be, a, a, you know, depending on how things play out in the preseason, could be an interesting little piece as well because he has a similar, similar skill set. Um, and, and for years around here, people have been saying, like, that could be Debo Samuel Light, like Debo Jr., Ooh. if you lean into that. Greg mm. Roman never did. Um, I, I wonder if if Todd Munkin does a little bit and seeing him in more jet sweeps and more pitch plays and involved in some in- interesting run looks. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Zay Flowers is going to be an impactful football player for them. I just – around here, it's there's usually a learning curve. Like – when they draft a wide receiver, it usually doesn't go very smoothly. It doesn't matter how high they take them. So I think a lot of people have a little bit of trepidation there because usually the guy they pick, frankly, isn't worthy of being drafted and long-term anywhere close to where he was drafted. And, and I, the size gives me a little pause because if you look at Lamar Jackson and, and who he tends to favor and where his eyes tend to go, I think he, he loves to use the middle of the field. And you're looking for big targets. He likes to be able to throw jump balls you know, between the, the, the hashes to uh, Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews. Yeah. you know, um, you know, even last year, Isaiah likely found a role here fairly quickly, especially when Andrews was a little banged up. You know, another guy, he's not really tight end. He's a wide receiver. They call him a tight end. That's fine. He doesn't block a lick. I guess he doesn't have to, <laughs> but like he's, you know, he's from a size standpoint, he's an interesting target, you know, like Rashad Bateman. Again, if he and Lamar ever stayed on the field for any amount of time together, um, with his catch radius, with his ability to go and high point the ball and box out a little bit. Um, and obviously we know that Odell doesn't run like he used to, but his ability to just, you know, know where the touch line is, to know where where the boundary is, the body control, um, the ability to go up one-handed and, and you know, reel something in. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they've got some interesting pieces here. Uh, is they, not many of these guys are going to do much. In the preseason, I, I imagine Zay Flowers will. He won't be doing it with Lamar Jackson, but um, yes, I, I think again, second half of the season is where I'm kind of looking to see what's the division of labor there. Who's who's got the arrow pointed up? Who's been able to stay healthy? You know, who look who who looks like they're um, someone who Monk is starting to favor a little bit. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Let's talk defense for the Ravens. We're on with JLC. Pick six. Uh, We'll see you in one sec. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, JLC, uh, Mike McDonald's second year as defensive coordinator. You get to start the season with Roquan Smith, right, which they didn't have at the beginning of last season. David Ajabo excited to get back in the mix after, you know, missing a lot of his rookie season with that Achilles injury. He's also excited to get back with McDonald from um, Michigan there. Then you got Broderick Washington, Justin Matabuike. Uh, they both look whoa, pretty whoa, impressive whoa, at mini camp. <laughs> good job. Good job. Look at you, King Thank Fox. you. I was I was <laughs> excited about that. Matabuike, uh, is this a top Five defense, JLC. I don't think so. Um, I think there's there's a lot of questions here, uh, and and you know if the offense can hit the ground running, and again, I'm, all that all those new pieces, I'm not sure they will, but it, it would go a long way to letting this defense get its sea legs under him. Even with Roquan Smith here last year, it's a pretty poor fourth quarter defense. It's been a bad fourth quarter defense for a while, in part because they don't really have a closer. You haven't really had a closer since Terrell Suggs, you know, was yeah. was in his prime. That guy you know is going to end a drive in the fourth quarter with a batted ball at the line of scrimmage or a sack or a strip sack or a tackle for a loss. Um, you know, that dude might be Ojabo, but he's, it's a very limited sample size of the NFL. Um, I think he will be an impact player. You know, you, you talk to Chuck Smith, who they brought in, you know, long time um, defensive line, pass rush guru. He ran his camps for years. He's now coaching with the Ravens. You you listen to him talk about a jabo. He's like, and, and this isn't a guy who's going to blow smoke or he, you know, he, he's not one to BS anybody. He's like a Jabo's a dude. Jabo knows how to set people up. Jabo has go-to moves. He, he understands the mental aspect of pass rush and he's a physical freak. Listen, talk about Owe, who's going in the Owe like he's a complete project. You know, he talks about Owe like mm. guy who is is look. He's got to understand the importance of having moves. He's got to have the importance of understanding how to play through four quarters. He's got to understand the importance of counters and and feigns and deeks. And, and like he talks about him like he's completely rudimentary. I still think they need to add a veteran pass rusher. It does not sound like, from what I've heard, a reunion with Justin Houston is in the cards. Nine and a half sacks out of him last year. I know. Pretty much all came in three games, but he still – I think his pressure rate was 15%, which is still pretty good, especially for a 34-year-old. Um, we'll see if they go with an Ingram or, you know, somebody else. Dunlap, you know, there's dudes on the street. Um, I think they could use that old head in the room. I think Ty's Bowser would be a little better one year removed from his surgery, but that's probably still, you know, an eight-sack guy. Um, collectively, can they get it done? Probably. Um, they did last year. Is Patrick Queen going to be set loose to see ball, chase ball? 
in passing situations and, and be a guy who, with his speed, you've got the delayed A-gap blitz where he showed an ability to get home. And I think just some straight speed rushes off the edge. You know, I could see them leaning into that a little bit more. Um, but I don't think it's an elite front seven, um, at least on paper right now. It's a great linebacking core. There's problem. There's questions about the D-line, and there's big questions about secondary. Outside of Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams, there's not a whole lot of there there proven commodities. Kyle Hamilton might become that. I think Kyle Hamilton's a big nickel corner. I think that's what he does best. Yeah. I think they know that's what he does best. I think that's where he's going to play the bulk of his snaps, like he did the second half last year. You know, who's replacing Chuck Clark as that real other deep safety, um, or at least occasional deep safety and box safety uh, to go with, with Marcus? We'll see. Um, Rocky Asin, I don't know. You know, he's bounced around. Like, he's a, he, he can play in the NFL. Is he a legit number two corner on a team that that frankly people are going to spread out? They're going to get an eleven, and they're going to they're going to test this secondary. I don't know if he's going to hold up. You know, Brandon Stevens might be an interesting guy. He might even win that other safety job. Um, but there's a lot of questions with him. Jalen Armour Davis couldn't stay healthy in college. Hasn't stayed healthy to this point in his NFL career. So I have real questions about the secondary. I think it's fair to have questions about the defense as a whole. I mean, the pass rush thing is is a big concern for sure. I mean, like you 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 need to have that yeah. that alpha pass rusher. Uh, when we look at the odds for the division, JLC, like this is where it gets interesting with the Ravens because Cincinnati. That, that's their over under. Yeah, here's the division odds. Um, Cincinnati, the favorite at plus one twenty five, and then the Ravens at plus two seventy five. The Browns plus three eighty, and the Steelers five to one. How does the Ravens at almost three to one intrigue you as a possibility of taking that division down? You know, I, I think the Ravens will surpass their nine and a half win total, but you know, some books have them at 10 and a half. I don't know that they, you know, that's an interesting needle to thread. Like 10, 11 feels about right for me. I don't think they get north of that. And frankly, I don't love their schedule. Um, and if injuries do crop up, I, I worry about their depth in some critical areas. In terms of the division, I think the Bengals are the best team. Um, the way I would play this is I'd shop around a little bit. I'd get plus 350, Bengals to win the division, Ravens to finish second. I do believe they're the two best teams in this division. I think Cleveland has some major crap their pants potential, and I think the Steelers <laughs> are going to be the Steelers. They're going to win more than they lose. Um, you know, if Matt Canada can do the job, maybe they're a playoff team. If he can't, they're still going to win more than they lose, and he'll be gone, and maybe the offense will take a real jump um, next year on, under somebody else. Uh, it's a tough division. Um, you could make the case for, for all these teams being in the playoffs, but I, I do believe Cincinnati and Baltimore are the two best teams on paper in this division. Um and the fact that the Bengals, if the Bengals had lost a coordinator or something, you know, if Zach Taylor's now having to do, like, he's having to do multiple jobs, right? And he's having to scheme and and call plays and run the sideline. Like, I, I, okay, I, I would maybe buy some of the people who feel like it's time to start fading them. But they've kept that, you know, they lost a couple safeties, right? Other than that, the band's all back. And most importantly, their brain trust is all back. So, um I lean. I like them to win the division. I mean, plus one twenty-five, not a ton of value there. But yeah, I play Bengals to win, Ravens to finish second. 
What about MVP? A lot of people talking about how this is going to be an MVP caliber year for Lamar Jackson. His odds are interesting, actually 15 to one for MVP. He just got paid. He's got receivers now. He's got a new offensive coordinator. Is that something you think worth a sprinkle? Does Lamar Jackson have a shot this year? Yeah, I, I think it's worth a, a small sprinkle. Um, I mean, this is a guy who's done it before, and you just said it, 15 to 1. It's not like this is foreign territory to him. I, I think the passing game will evolve. Is it going to happen again overnight? Um, I don't know. Um, but this is this is the best cast he's had around him in a long time. He had to break free of the shackles of Greg Roman. Not, I'm giving Greg Roman a ton of credit for reinventing this thing and getting Lamar as ready to play as he was in the middle of the 2018 season and doing what he did in 2019, even through 2020. But when it was time to evolve, that that it just wasn't there in terms of his concepts, in terms of his philosophies, in terms of his game day tendencies. So Todd Munkin, um, especially if Lamar embraces this screen game, if he just really leans into the fact that let me toss it off to Dobbins and let him do the work, let me dump it down to Flowers and let him do the work, I don't have to take as many collisions. I don't have to do it myself. I don't need to try to run for eight yards. Let me throw it for three and let him run for five, and we'll get the first down that way. Uh, I think, you know, that's going to go to his longevity, and that can go towards him playing closer to 17 games, which obviously he hasn't been able to get to. But it's a good offensive line. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think if, if he stays durable – is he somebody who is going to, like, on the passing numbers alone still, is it going to be nuts? No. But if he throws for th- – I'm, like, I'm looking at him as somebody who, if, if he throws for – could he throw – could he average two – let's say he plays 16, could he throw for two a game? Can he get to 32, and then can he score another five to eight himself on the ground? All right, so now we're, we're, we're around 40 total touchdowns. And depending on, you know, what Mahomes does. I said, Mahomes throws for 50 again. Well, forget about it. That's your MVP, you know? But right. if you think, you know, the Bengals aren't quite what some other people think, right? And if you're buying that Josh Allen and the Bills are in a downward cycle, um, and maybe, look, Andy Reid started running the ball more in the second half of the year with Pacheco, and you saw it carry right through the Super Bowl. If they're a little more balanced, then maybe it's not, you know, Mahomes 5,500 yards and 50 touchdowns. Then yeah, I think you could create a niche there for Lamar to maybe come in, you know, and and Hurts is there. I don't want to say a sophomore slump, but do people figure that out a little bit more? Does that slow down? Although the NFC sucks so bad, maybe not. Right. Yeah, I think you could certainly create a scenario where Lamar's in the conversation. Uh, Zay Flowers, I, I really like Zay Flowers. I know you, I know you're a little worried about his transition, but twenty-two to one to win Offensive Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year, Bijan Robinson. Who I love with all my heart and soul. Three to one. Bryce Young, four to one. CJ Shroud, six and a half to one. Jameer Gibbs, seven to one. Anthony Richardson, nine to one. And then Zay Flowers, all the way down to 22 to one. Obviously, some wide receivers in there in between them. Any interest in that at all? Or is just not enough passing, not enough involvement in the pass game to really make him a, a, a likely possibility? Like, if they hadn't gone out and done the Odell Beckham thing, you know what I mean? If 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 they didn't have Rashad Bateman going into what's going to really be a get-paid year for him, right? Because, like, if he wants them to pick up the fifth-year option and he wants to get on a trajectory towards making real money in the NFL, it's got to happen this year. Um, if, if they didn't have as many pieces as they have, I might like it a little bit more. Um, 
And for me, he's up there pretty significant. I, I get the 22 to one, but like take the quarterbacks out of it, right? Because the quarterback, anytime you have quarterbacks drafted that high, and we think they're all going to play pretty relatively soon um, in their careers, right? You're going to err towards them. If you take them out, he, he's right in a cluster of really what, yeah. depending where you shop, three to five position players, right? With a couple of running backs and a couple other receivers, you know, kind of at the head of the class. I tend to think it's it, it may be more likely to be somebody who plays on a lesser team, who has a bigger role, who doesn't have to fight for market share from the giddy up, and things just might automatically run through, um, who are probably more likely to do it. I, I don't hate it. I'm not playing it myself personally. Um, and that's probably somewhat me, though, as someone who's just watched so many receivers here. Yeah. Just not – not be who they drafted yeah. to be. Like it's been a it's been a total and complete blind spot. Not even just for Eric DaCosta. I mean, Ozzie Newsom's amazing, but his evaluations, their evaluations of the wide receiver position have been off. So this is one for me. If I'm going to put my money into it, I, I I need to have seen it first. Like, and and yeah, I mean, if the Steelers had drafted him, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah, that's. <laughs> on that team I'll, I'll go that way but I I, I, I gotta I gotta kind of see it all right, uh, JLC, a little pessimistic uh, about this season. A lot of wait and sees. Hard to argue with anything that you've said. Thank you so much for joining us today. That's going to wrap our Baltimore All 32. Make sure you stay tuned for more of this series, All 32, with daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. JLC, as always, such a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Hey, JLC. Anytime, guys. Thank you. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.